Hello, and welcome to Exploring the Blank Page, a podcast for readers and writers of young adult fiction. I'm host Emily Hendricks, writer of YA sci-fi and fantasy, and my co-host is Kristen Crum, author of the YA rom-com It Happened at Christmas. The Blank Page is where we all start, published or not, and we're excited to share stories that inspire your writing or influence your next book choice. Now let's get to the episode. Oh boy, do we have a treat for you guys today. We are talking yes. with a fellow young adult science fiction author, and I loved our interview. <laughs> it was so fun. And um, I actually, this was my introduction into Haley's stuff. So loved her. And now I want to go buy all the books. I know. Right. I mean, so the cool thing too, is that she's just, she just really opened up to us about so many different things. And so I think especially for either newer writers or writers looking to get into publishing are really going to connect with just some of the issues that she faced, um, in just approaching, first of all, her blank page, but then also publishing in general. I was, I was so encouraged by it. Oh, I agree. And I absolutely loved all of the the advice and the wisdom that she brought to this episode. And I absolutely loved hearing about all of her adventures. I feel like in her life, she has packed so much in. Um, she's been in the military and she has been on so many different adventures. Um, and I'm not talking about like, hey, we're going to go hike up this mountain this weekend. It's like she goes to Switzerland and she enters into these competitions with her sister and they're like amazing. So I, it was super fun just to hear about all of her life adventures. Absolutely. All right. Let's get to the episode. Welcome Haley. We're so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So we'd love to get started off by having you tell us a little bit about yourself and your publishing journey so far. Absolutely. So my name is Haley Reese Chow. I'm the author of Odriel's Heirs and Into the Churn. And so I started off as a self-published author and I wrote a fantasy series in a middle grade. And then in the last year, I actually signed a book with Whimsical Publishing, uh, which is Into the Churn. And that just came out a couple of days ago. So it's been really exciting. I started publishing in 2020. So you know, it's funny because I feel brand new still, but I guess I've been in it for about three years now. So it's been a really good time though. And I really enjoyed the ride so far. That's awesome. I definitely enjoyed your book into the churn. I was like, oh, another YA sci-fi. I like, I hopped right in and started reading immediately. Um, I loved it. So let's talk a little bit about that because it did just come out. Um, tell us just a little bit about the book to start us off with. Sure. So Into the Churn is a young adult science fiction adventure, and it is about these two characters. It's a dual point of view novel. So it has a female character and a male character, and they live on this backwater planet that has this really dangerous but very lucrative race through this belt of intense storms they live on a very stormy backwater planet and they both enter the race uh, for their own reasons one is kind of a newcomer and one of is more of like a, a salty seasoned racer and together they kind of have uh you know they go through the training and have to figure out how to survive and depend on each other and kind of grow to be a team so it's as I feel like a lot of people have described it as like hunger games meets mm -hmm. like you know science fiction or in space so that's kind mm -hmm. of the gist 
I love it. I was like, oh, this is like Hunger Games and Warcross kind of met like melded together. I was like, oh, this is awesome. So fun. Um, and I loved the romance. I loved it all. It was so good. Um, I'm like, oh, yeah, clearly I'm fangirling a little. Um, but I am so curious because as someone who loves science fiction myself, um, where did you come up with the idea for it? So the idea actually started as something completely different. At first I was like, this is totally going to be kind of like a school thing. Like they're going to, it's going to be a school thing means X-Men. They're going to have powers and they're going to go to the school and then be in this competition. And it turned out nothing like that. It was totally, uh, once I started writing it, it took on a mind of its own. I definitely had to, had to adapt, but in general, uh, so I was a college athlete in school. I was a I was a fencer, but so I had a lot of interesting and really unique experiences that went on with that, and a lot of just a very emotional time that mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to, you know, adapt into a novel in mm-hmm. some in some fashion, but more fun, right? With, mm-hmm. with- <laughs> and then my sisters uh, are actually I have my oldest sister is an adventure racer so she does like really cool races she did like Bear Grylls Fiji World Championship Adventure Race and wow, together nice. we did like the Swedish Attila and we also did like the an Ingadine in, in Switzerland which is a swim run and we did like the Trans Rockies wow. run and so then I got kind of into ultra marathoning and then my other sister is also a professional athlete she's a triathlete Ironman wow. kind of sort of wow so, lots of sports yeah. <laughs> so I really wanted something sporty yeah. but I love science fiction and fantasy so that's kind of where it ended up that's awesome oh my gosh well because I was going to ask too because I, I think I saw that you're a runner as well so I feel like that came through though I mean I I've dabbled in running we'll just call it that <laughs> like I've done a half marathon but I'd love to get back into it uh but yeah so as I was reading though I felt like it came from a space of someone who understood running like you get obviously you do because you're a runner, (laughs) but it came across really well. It wasn't like over your head or anything, but maybe feel like, oh yeah, this is how it feels when you run. And I can imagine what it would be like in space, which is awesome. (laughs) Uh, So speaking of space, as a fellow YA science fiction, though I throw in a bit of fantasy uh, writer, I was curious if you were, and I use the term afraid, but that may not be the correct term necessarily, but were you cautious maybe stepping into the way sci-fi sphere just because it is kind of like a difficult sell sometimes absolutely I was super nervous actually I didn't know enough to be nervous when I started about that portion when I started I was like I was nervous about getting the tech right about because I always felt like science fiction is so smart I was like science fiction authors must like the way that they you know weave technology in in a way that's accessible you know also takes you on this adventure so it's part of the world building and thinking of all these possibilities I was really wanting to do that part justice and I love science fiction so much and but I don't I'm not really a hard science fiction Mm -hmm. person so I still really wanted to focus on the relationships and the emotional kind of side of it especially with a young adult but um so I was nervous about that part and Mm -hmm. but it wasn't until after I wrote it that I kind of that kind of people started being like oh yeah science fiction doesn't sell and I was like you're like oh I was like but I love it so much it should it sells to me Mm -hmm. I buy it (laughs) and I know like I I was like I know that my other science fiction people are out there I am Mm -hmm. going to find them you know 
when like especially since it's kind of like a science fiction romance like I gave it mm-hmm. to my husband who's a huge sci-fi fan and he like because I told him I was like I'm going to write you a sci-fi and then he was like why is there so much pining in this book <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well it has to have mutual pining of course of course uh, that's why I wrote it dual POV but so you know I, I feel like it really does appeal you know to both um romance fans as well as as science fiction and you know I feel like science fiction is like I, t- I tell Micheline this I was like uh who you know who runs whimsical publishing I was like it's really like stem flavored fantasy people are gonna catch on I like so but I was <laughs> determined so I yes. really was like people had presented that challenge to me and I had seen that like uh mm-hmm. it to agents and stuff who were just like it just doesn't sell yeah. and uh so I was really so grateful to whimsical publishing for taking the leap you know and believing in it and I was like I'm going I'm, I'm gonna do this it's good we're gonna make this happen so it was really so it's been really fun but definitely yes 100 yes. I totally get it and I feel I mean we've talked about this recently too on some episodes we released about my kickstarter because it is that science fantasy feeling it's it's accessible it's not like and since I've read your book I know like it's not so much where you're just going to be like overwhelmed by science <laughs> which again I love a good hard sci-fi but that's just not where I'm gifted at writing and not where I want to write. And so I completely get it. I love it. And that that definitely explains it well. And I feel like I'm in the same boat. I'm like, we will make them love it. <laughs> Absolutely. So every, it, time, every time I see a young adult sci-fi out, I'm like, yes. Yep. <laughs> like we're making it happen. There's more of us. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So Into the Turn is with a traditional publisher, but you mentioned that you have also indie published. So let's chat a little bit about that. Um, Have you found, what have you found to be the pros and the cons to both indie publishing and traditional publishing? So self-publishing is, uh, I found to be extremely, um, extremely satisfying and fulfilling. And I would 100% recommend it. Uh, how, however, it is totally different. Uh, so when you're self-publishing, right, you have 100% all the control. It is all you. You are making that book sink or swim. So, <laughs> you know, you are, and, you know, um, of course you can always uh, go out to get, you know, help with ed- hire editors, hire cover artists, and, you know, commission an audiobook. Anything that a traditional publisher can do, a self-publisher can do as well. However, you got to figure out how to learn, right? I started out with zero knowledge. I didn't even, I knew nothing. So, you know, becoming that internet sleuth. And I mean, the writing community is also so helpful. I reached out to them for so many questions and they were such a good guide uh, on my way. But and so I really felt like it, it was a learning curve. I definitely feel like I got better at it as I went along figuring out which which things I wanted to, you know, to kind of hire out and which things I could do myself from like a time perspective mm-hmm. and uh, a time and investment perspective. But then there's the other part of it, which is um, which is really kind of more probably the more challenging part for me is just confidence. Mm-hmm. Right. When you are a self-published uh, author or an indie author, you are you are out there alone. <laughs> it mm-hmm. is you broadcasting to the world that your book is amazing and they should read it which requires a lot of confidence and I I think self-published authors and I I have so much respect for them because they are so brave Mm -hmm. you know I mean they those are the book of their books of their hearts you know that is really like a piece of themselves they're a book child and they are putting it out there and uh you know kind of on their own two feet and that part was difficult for me 
specifically. I just imposter. I know we all struggle with different levels of imposter syndrome, but yeah, whoa. I mean, it, it is it is tough, uh, especially when you're when you're just starting, right? I feel like an author that has been through a publisher and then goes self publishing comes brings a lot of their own knowledge and expertise and confidence there. Mm-hmm. But when you're just starting out, it's tough. Versus where a small press, you have a team, right? You have a team there. You have pe- not, it's not just you. There are a bunch of other people that believe in your book and then are helping guide you through the process to get the book out there. And uh, so it's not just you, but you also don't have the control, right? And that was actually kind of scary. Like, <laughs> okay, they're going to decide on what the cover art is. They're going to do the formatting, you know, and then I just kind of look at it like, oh, that looks great. And, <laughs> and, and also, you know, they decide the price points and a, the, how they're going to market it and a bunch of these other things, which is really, dep- so that success really depends on the quality of that small press. And while I have had a wonderful experience with Whimsical Publishing, they are amazing. They have could say so many good things about them. There are other small presses that can sink a book. Like I've seen, mm. I've seen it happen. Um, some, you know, so I think you have to be really careful when you decide who to sign with. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, now that you have experienced both working with both, you know, indie publishing and with a small press, what advice would you give to your younger you when traversing the publishing landscape? A lot of advice. I mean, I needed a lot of advice. I got a lot of advice. I needed more. <laughs> um, one thing I would say as a self-published author was don't be afraid to invest in yourself. It is a business. It is something that you will need to invest in because like my, the, the level of my imposter syndrome was such that I didn't even feel like I could go out and get an editor because I felt like I wasn't good enough. I did, oh, but there was a huge level of of me getting over my, getting over my, um, my self-confidence being like, I'm not good enough to get an editor. Like I'm not worth that. You know, it's not worth that investment. And I actually, I did, my husband was really supportive in helping me take that leap and to help me grow. Um, and it it does so helpful. I mean, getting an editor and Mm -hmm. that editor's, um, experience and knowledge made me grow so much and made the book so much better. I'm so glad I did it, but the same thing with the cover, you know, you're kind of being like, oh, I'm, I'm self-publishing, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, you know, is it going to be worth it? You don't know, you know, like, is it, is this going to be worth it? Is, are people going to want to buy it? And it's such mm-hmm. a leap of faith, mm-hmm. but I would tell myself, I was like, just do it. <laughs> That's <laughs> so good. Leap. If you're going to yeah. jump, leap far. That's true. That's true. <laughs> get that cover, get that editor, invest in yourself, you know, because I, that's the only way it's going to pay off. If you are, if you are not, you know, if you're not brave, you, you're, you know, you got to be ready to take those, those big steps. If you, if you really want to get out there. And also I would tell myself not to be afraid of small presses because I think I was, mm-hmm. I was also had heard, like, if you don't, I had heard people say, if you don't get an agent, just self-publish because small presses aren't worth it. They'll sink your book. You'll have a horrible experience. Here is my list of all these other people that have had a horrible experiences. So when I had that mentality with my first book, like I was like, okay, I didn't get an agent. So I'm just going to self-publish. And I really, there are so many quality small presses out there that I think really could have, I also could have had a great experience with, and I wish I had explored a little more. So Mm -hmm. no, that's, that's all really, really good. And I, it helps me to hear like, you know, your own struggles with, um, just that imposter syndrome. Cause I think I know talking with Kristen, we've both faced that. And I, I don't know that, I mean, maybe it goes away if you're like Brandon Sanderson, but (laughs) 
I don't know. Like, I, you know, just we've also talked about how our focus is just we love writing books. We want to get books out. And so if you want to do that, then you do have to, I love what you told yourself, like, just do it. <laughs> just leap, <Yeah>. go for it. <laughs> um, so love all that. Let's transition a little bit to talk more about the blank page, um, about the aspects of writing that goes into it. So I'm actually curious before we even hop into that, um, what brought you to the point of deciding to self-publish? Like, what was that journey like for you through your writing? And then we'll get more specific about the blank page. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when I first started, I had after college, I was waiting actually to go active duty. I was, I was going into the military, but they, I had a few months before I was actually going to go and they didn't actually know when they were going to send me. So it was kind of an uncertain time. So I really, um, I took to reading first. I feel like I read everything I could get my hands on. And then I finally um, kind of just because I had so much time uh, was like, you know, I'm going to try writing the book because I felt like I couldn't find the book I was looking for. And I felt like I had been thinking about it for years, right? It was like something I would kind of, I would, would my mind would wander to, you know, when I hadn't, when I had those quiet moments. So that was when I finally sat down to write it, I felt like the story was already there. I felt like I had been thinking about it for years. Uh, so that was, that was that part of it. And then, but then I put it away. I didn't think once again, the imposter syndrome, right? I just, I didn't even think publishing was like a, an, an option for me. So I was like, I wrote a book, check that box and seven, cut to seven years later. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> <laughs> I got married and had a kid and I was in totally different space. But um, actually I was thinking about, I think it was like that. There's that scene in back to the future where, you know, Marty goes back and is talking to George McFly and he's writing. He's like, dad, well, why didn't you ever try to publish this? This is great. And like, it, that like for, like got me emotional. I was like, <laughs> like, cause I had a son and I was like, I didn't want to be, you know, I wanted to I wanted to be the person that I could encourage him to be, you know, I was like, well, you know, if he ever wrote, I would tell him to put it out there. And I, I want to be that, that um, kind of, I want to model that for him. I want to be brave, you know, cause I want to tell him to be brave. And so that's what kind of encouraged me. I did look for an agent and I got lots of interest, but just like, couldn't, couldn't seal the deal. You know, they're like, I really love this, but I just, whatever, insert disclaimer. <laughs> caveat here that just didn't sell it for me and so then I was like you know what we're just gonna do it we're just gonna put it out there and then that's gonna be the end I totally thought that that would be the end of uh, of that journey and um but you know I just it's one of those things you just get hooked on you know create being creative is is a muscle you know the more that you the more that you be creative the more you want to be creative and I originally thought that I had nothing to say and the more I kept writing the more I was like oh I have a lot to say. <laughs> I have so many stories to tell. So that's kind of how I got to publishing. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. <laughs> and I agree. It's like, I can't stop. <laughs> I get addicted to it. <laughs> All right. So speaking of the blank page, um, can you tell us how you approach a new story idea and what that, what that process is like for you? And if you want to like hop into maybe how it's changed since when you first started writing to like, now that you're with a small press, does that look different for you? Right. So I feel like, so I actually have a list of books that are like next in the queue for me to write. And it is a long list, but I, so I have to prioritize it. Right. I, I really have like a top three, like these are my next three that I'm going to write. And sometimes I feel like someone once asked me like, how do you get story ideas? And I was like, well, listen, you start writing a different book. And then about 50% in 
you're going to get an idea to write a whole different book. hundred <laughs> percent. Yes. yes. <laughs> that is when inspiration strikes. So, and I feel like that's pretty much what's happened to me hundred percent of the time. And then at that point, um, I, I write it down, right? I, I, cause I, I cannot like, I cannot stop in the middle of a book. I have got to finish that draft before I even consider anything else. So I'll jot it down and I'll have, and I'll come back to it. But once it gets in your mind, you know, it kind of is just like percolating in there. And then, then you got my playlist. I start making my playlist and, you know, then I kind of, so I have a ton of different playlists for different story ideas. So then when I'm thinking about them, I can kind of turn that on and in the brainstorming and then take notes, you know, as it comes, but that is all new. So that is definitely not what it used to be like. I used to be much more chaos uh, about, <laughs> about story ideas. And and like I said, cre- creativity is like a muscle. So actually, I, in the beginning, I felt like I didn't have as many story ideas. And actually, I remember saying, okay, I'm going to finish my fantasy series, and then I'm going to reevaluate if I'm going to continue writing. Mm-hmm. And I just never got that chance because the stories like exponentially kept rolling in. Um, so when I learned how to plot, I mean, that was a huge difference for story ideas. I love Save the Cat, that, that Save the Cat Writes a Novel, mm-hmm. that craft book totally changed um, how I plot for me and made it so much easier. So now when I get a story idea, I can pretty much sit down for an hour, two hours, bang out those beats, one, you know, boom, 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 boom. This is what it's going to look like. And then I can shelve it like until whatever I'm working on right now, this is, this will be next. So I have around three or four plots that are waiting for me to get to them. Uh, working with a small with a small press is it's interesting um, because timelines right so that's the other difference between small public of self-publishing and small press self-publishing you can just you can get a book out like you can write it and get a book out pretty quick I mean I'm about a year some people are faster uh and it blows my mind how fast some people can be about getting their books in the world um but for a small press we also not you know it slows the timeline down just a little bit because we're now going, you know, once I submit it, then we go through another round of developmental and editing and, mm-hmm. and uh, all, all of that that goes in, that leads up to a book launch. However, uh, Whimsical is still really fast, like um, for the sequel to End of the Turn, we're looking at next year. So there's a deadline that comes to that as well. That is nerve wracking for some people that don't like that. I love, I thrive. <laughs> I thrive on deadlines. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Last minute panic is the best kind of motivation. So. Yes. Yes. I feel like that's where I'm at right now is the last minute panic. I have, I think, I don't know. It's like eight weeks until my deadline. So it's, it's there. It's there. I'm You're in the zone. I, uh, I have yes. three weeks until mine. <laughs> and I the feel like I'm probably behind yeah. too. Anyways. <laughs> but yes, no, deadlines are good. Yeah. So, so Haley, what, if anything, has surprised you about writing? What has surprised me about writing? You know, I think how much I've learned about myself through writing and how my experiences weave into everything. Like, I think people would be surprised at how many of my experiences actually go into the book. Like, I write fantasy and sci-fi. And, but I mean, that's kind of like your, my way of processing things. I mean, I feel like I'm still processing things from high school and college and writing it out. And I didn't think, I don't think I realized how therapeutic that could be. So that has been a really exciting and interesting part of that. Yes. And we, and we love um, how many passions that you have in life. And I know with Into the Churn, um, you're a runner and there's a lot of about running and 
So what are some of your other passions and how do those play into your writing? Yeah, so I've, I guess I also learned I'm very obsessive. (laughs) (laughs) Right, writing definitely brings that out about yourself. But I have, yes, I have gone through a lot of phases, I guess, or different passions. Like I, fencing, I I was into that from from when I was 12 to when I was 22 and it it took every waking moment. So, um, so that, that passion uh, has, has kind of, I've been, flirting around the edges right of my writing for sure and then I got into running in a big way and obviously you see that influence extremely and into the turn right it's about runner and then I mean I'm an engineer I'm a full-time engineer so uh, I feel like that stem flavor that comes into there you know Ezra and the main character she is like a terraformer terraforming engineer essentially and and she's in the lab you know and they're running experiments and that's probably definitely influenced by my job (laughs) you know a lot of what I do in, in my job so that's really cool but writing is kind of my my primary uh passion right now but then again you know my kids and I I love uh, my parenting also of course now extremely influences my writing as well and also I I love dogs and so if you've seen pets in my in my books (laughs) I love I love a good uh Disney support (laughs) Disney support (laughs) animal (laughs) I love that Oh, I had a great question I was going to ask you. What was it? Ah, it just came to my mind and it left my mind. While you're thinking about that one, I have a question just because um, you mentioned that you, your day job is like as an engineer. Um, I also have a full-time day job. So I was just wondering what that looks like as far as like your writing, um, like schedule. When do you, that's my question. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> She's saying, I'm like, yeah, what, that's what my question. <laughs> like, what does your running schedule look like? Where do you fit it in? Um, and like, do you get up early? Do you stay up late? Like, what does that look like for you? Oh gosh, I'm so not a morning person, but I 100% respect and admire those people that get up in the morning. And do that. That's like the number one lie that I tell myself about anything. It's, oh yeah, I'll get up early to do that. It <laughs> <laughs> has never happened. Uh, so I am, I'm definitely uh, kind of after the kids go to bed. So a normal day, I wake up at the last minute, <laughs> get the kids ready to go. To oh, sleep. I see. I see a correlation between your book then. <laughs> <laughs> right. What you know, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I get the kids ready to school. I drop them off. I go to work. Um, and you know, I, uh, one thing that's cool about my job is that I do like get a couple hours to work out in the week, uh, during the work day. And that is one, one time I am like, I am 100% a treadmill writer. So I get on that tread. I am multitasking. I got my laptop on there and I can type as I do the elliptical or as I, as I walk. So that has been, uh, that's, that's a good, good three hours for me. And then, but ever on an every day, you know, then I, pick up the kids I take them there after school activities we do the the dinner and bedtime song and dance and then at around 7 30 or 8 that's the writing time so I get from I write from essentially 7 30 to 9 30 or 8 to 10 about two hours every day and really the most important for thing for me is that I come ready to write and I think someone once told me you know writing is 90 percent thought and 10 percent getting on, on paper so I have to come ready with the 90% and that, and that has been really uh, helpful for me. So that's kind of how, how I roll. 
That's great. I love that. All right. It is time for our lightning round questions. So here we go. Name a few books that you're reading right now. Let's see. I am reading The Revenge of Queen Rose by Valinor Troy. So she's one of my other writing writing buddies on Twitter. So it's it's a fun middle grade and I've been enjoying it so far. Awesome. Uh, what is your favorite way to celebrate a writing milestone? Mm, candy and coffee. Okay. What kind of candy? <laughs> Sour Batch Kids. I love Sour Batch Kids. <laughs> and I guess because I'm asking what kind of coffee? <laughs> <laughs> you know that more depends on the day but it has to be something it's really like dessert it's something with something with whipped cream and a lot of sugar maybe a caramel frappuccino i'm feeling it right now Ooh, yeah, that it. sounds good <laughs> <laughs> um what hobbies are you most active in right now aside from writing we did kind of cover this but maybe not mm, let's see aside from writing running reading and k-dramas <laughs> okay that's a good one <laughs> uh what's one of your character oh, excuse me let's try that again What's one of your characters that's most like you? Probably Ezrin. <laughs> You're saying that, I was like, oh man, she's a lot like Ezrin. I get it. Or Ezrin's <laughs> a lot like you. <laughs> like, <laughs> however that works, right? <laughs> uh, what's one reading pet peeve? <sighs> I, really, I have two. I have uh, one is when the character does something that to to serve the plot that's not in their character i have put i have put down books before where i was like nope they would never have done that that doesn't make any sense or my other <laughs> one is when someone keep like and this i've seen this multiple times lately which is why i'm saying this so when especially like a male main character keeps like rescuing the female main character but she keeps being like i can't trust you and doesn't listen to them and then like runs off into danger again and they have to rescue <laughs> oh my gosh that guy's crazy. Like, <laughs> what is happening here <laughs> oh those are good ones uh what's your favorite trope enemies to lovers and mm -hmm. I haven't, I don't think I've written a rival to lovers before, but I, I have an enemies and lovers, like true enemies to lovers, Ooh. but that I love it when it's done well. That one's mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's one YA book that you always recommend? Always is tough uh, because I feel like um, the, the scourge of Merwin or the legend of Merwin uh, by Jeff Wheeler is so good. I, I've loved that one for a while, but defend the dawn by uh, Bridget Kimmer. I, I mean, I've read that one recently, but I'm in love with it. So that's mm -hmm. probably what I recommend now. I just read that too. And I just read the second book as well. So I'm like, Oh, it's so good. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. And then finally, what is one piece of writing advice that always comes to mind? Learn to rest, not to quit. And that's like a Banksy quote. And I feel like that is so, so powerful, not only in writing, but in everything. That's really good. Ah, I love it. Well, before we wrap up our interview, thank you for being our guest here, but yeah. where can people find you online and where can they purchase your books? So if you want to find me on social media, I'm at Haley Reese Chow, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. And if you want to find my books, you can find most of them on Amazon, or if you want Into the Churn is also available on Whimsical Publishing's website. And Barnes and Noble also they're around. Awesome. <laughs> well, thanks so much for being our guest. We had such a great time today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It was absolute joy. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Exploring the Blank Page. You can support this podcast by clicking the support button at anchor.fm slash exploring the blank page or by subscribing on your favorite podcast app. You can find us 
on Instagram at Exploring the Blank Page Podcast and individually at Kristen Crum and at Create Explore Read. Until next time, stay safe and get creative exploring the possibility of your blank page.